0: ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Void by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See
0: website for details. This is FCB Radio, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbradio.com. This is Backstage
1: Pass
0: with Victoria Henley on the FCB Radio Network.
1: Everybody, welcome into Backstage Pass. I'm Victoria Henley and we have a special guest with us here today. Uh he is a hilarious comedian and kinda he does all sorts of things. You may recognize him from Saturday Night Live. He's appeared on Conan, uh Ridiculousness, Late Night with Seth Seth Myers, and so many more. We have Brooks wheeling with us here today. How are you, Brooks?
0: I'm great. I'm just chilling in uh my apartment in Los Angeles without a shirt on. It's great.
1: <laughs> without a shirt okay so yeah Honestly. it's it's pandemic life so I mean how are you adjusting as a comedian of course touring is a really big part of it traveling um what have you been doing to keep busy during these unprecedented times
0: um it's a nightmare uh yeah like uh, yeah I had to cancel cancel my tour uh I was shooting a special April 2nd that obviously didn't happen and now I'm like does anybody care about comedy Uh, so I'm just trying to figure that out, I guess, and just recording my podcast and trying to stay busy with that.
1: Well, I think it's really important to laugh, especially in such dismal times. So I know I've looked up a lot of your videos. I actually I just saw your episode of Ridiculousness, which really made me laugh. So I I, def- I can speak for myself when I say people truly do care about comedy still. But you're, you're keeping busy with other things. Now, you just told me before we started uh, that you ran a marathon and now there's like other things coming from that. So wow. was that was that a post pandemic thing? Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, it was just I was I was when the pandemic started and it was shelter in place in Los Angeles and I was bored and uh, just drunkenly bet my friend I could. Uh, marathons were easy, um, <laughs> and so we looked it up uh, and bet five hundred dollars I could run a marathon faster than the average, and uh, it was no problem. And it was uh, like four hour, four and a half out, four and a half hours is the average. But Oprah ran it in, and I was like, well, if I can, I can be Oprah and i could and then uh that actually since there's no sports there's since everyone is so bored my friend was just like live tweeting you can follow along like on my run like it got picked up by a bunch of stuff and now um the app i use and asics are gonna like just uh sponsor me to train and run a real marathon and see if i can like take an hour off of my time, and then maybe that's my new career is running a marathon. Because that's the only money I've made during this pandemic was a bet.
1: You never know. You never know what, when one door closes, another one opens. Well, I, yeah, Yeah. we definitely are going to post up those links so you guys can follow Brooks and his training journey. I know I, I surely will be doing that. That sounds awesome. So Brooks, you also have your own podcast. It's called entry level. So tell it, I, it's a great podcast. You you talk to uh, different celebrities, musicians, artists about different entry level jobs they had before they became famous. So tell us a little bit, what inspired you to start this podcast?
0: Um, well, I, I had so many jobs before I got to quit and become a comedian and I was terrible at literally all of them and I hated them. Um, and, um, you know, I was fired from everyone except for the last one where I finally got to, I got to quit. I quit the day I was being fired. Uh, it worked out great <laughs> to go do SNL. Um, and I just thought about like, you know, I'm sure like other comedians who were just literally doing jobs for paychecks but they didn't care about them trying to do comedy like uh I bet they have similar stories about how much they didn't work and uh, I was very right and nobody I've almost never interviewed anyone who has cared about jobs that they've had and it's great yeah so so yeah we just go through like you know just some just whatever you know what everybody's I the, the idea of the podcast is we
1: stop at whenever they,
0: the podcast, is the, in, the interview is over whenever the person got to quit their job and started any success. So it's the opposite of like any podcast where I'm like, tell us about success. I'm like, tell us about all the failure.
1: Yeah. Really and that's really unique and interesting. I think it's inspiring for people too, that are maybe looking to make it to the level you've made it or that they've made it. And maybe they're at right. that point of the, the entry level job.
0: No, that's exactly what I wanted to make. I wanted to make something that people could listen to at their jobs and realize hey, this comedian or this musician or this professional wrestler that I love, they went through exactly what I'm going through. And I would, the hope is that, it is, you know, not to, not, the hope is for it to be funny. And then, second of all, for people to be like, you know what? I, I'm going to make this leap that these other people have made that, you know, and it does work out sometimes. So.
1: So, Brooks, I've got to ask you, you know, on on that topic of entry level, what was your least favorite entry level job that you had? And why did it end? Uh,
0: well, I've had a bunch of them, man. Uh, my first job ever, the, my, that was I was a tour guide inside a cave in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. And I hated that one more than anything on the planet. It's <laughs> called Crystal Lake Cave. It's trash. Boo. Uh, <laughs> it sucks. Um, and it, it sucked because uh, I worked in a cave it's not turns out that's not fun for a child um and came, they came on the internet on the like pamphlets they made it look very big and it wasn't so I just was the person who disappointed uh customers all day long it was it, was, it sucked uh, I actually didn't quit that I tried to quit that one but the woman told me I couldn't
1: wow and okay. uh,
0: she would call my house and like are you coming to work today and I'd be like, I was 15 I was like I guess so uh so I just didn't return when this when the season ended um and then I had all sorts of other jobs worked at Papa John's and I went to college I got a degree in biomedical engineering and I did that out in Los Angeles for a few for four years before SNL so um that was probably my favorite because it paid the best but uh uh definitely the cave least favorite
1: Yeah, for sure. That sounds really interesting. So you've done and then fast forward to the success, you know, as SNL post SNL, what (laughs) would you've done?
0: I mean, (laughs) SNL was not quite success, but uh, I did it for a year.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's a huge, it's a huge thing that you achieve that a lot of people want to do and they don't get that opportunity. So tell us a little bit about like, of all of these appearances, tours, jobs, you know, what, what's been a standout memory or experience for you?
0: Um, I just really like, you know, I, I'm really, I really like the album I put out my, um, it was it's called this is cool right and that's probably my favorite like piece that and the comedy central half hour special i did are my favorite like if you want to see the style of comedy i do watch those because when i do like late night sets um they're usually pretty regimented except for seth myers who's the greatest and coolest guy of all time uh he was just like he's you know um he was my boss at snl and i opened for him on tours while he was getting ready for his netflix special Uh, That was, like, the greatest – that's my favorite late-night set I've done because they didn't ask me to turn anything in. He's just like, you're funny. Just come do five minutes of of being funny. And and there were no notes, and that's really what I appreciate. So I'd just say, like, any of my stand-up that um, wasn't my Conan set. Yeah. (laughs) Because that one was just – I just felt really boxed in. And it's not their fault. It was my fault for not knowing knowing how to do a late-night set yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, all these, all these experiences have just, you know, each one is, is a learning thing and a learning curve. Now I know that you talked on, uh, ridiculousness, which I loved your appearance there. And you talked about, uh, yeah, you've
0: Rob Rob Dyrdek is honestly, truly one of the coolest guys ever. And another one of the people very similar to Seth Meyers, who was like, just come on and be funny. I don't care. We brought you on to be funny. And I think that's like, just a good boss, like letting somebody yeah. do what you brought them in to do. And I loved Ridiculous. That was like maybe one of my favorite television appearances because it was so fun.
1: For sure. And I mean, you could just tell you were having an awesome time. You guys all had a great chemistry together. So everybody, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Brooks Whelan. We're going to talk about how you can subscribe, how you can listen in to his podcast, Entry Level, and can connect with him on social media. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back on Backstage Pass.
0: Yo, 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 what's poppin'? What's poppin'? It is your friendly neighborhood Simba, Air Malik, here to remind you guys to go stream my new single, Tempo, on all streaming platforms. Yes, all of them YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, all that. I greatly appreciate it. Love you guys. Tempo. We rock, we roll, we ride to the tempo. The dance floor where we come alive. Yeah. Let loose through your limbs, how you feel inside. Yeah. Mama, take my hand, show me the.
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Kira Davis, host of the Just Listen to Yourself podcast. And that's the podcast where I ask you to take your talking points on your favorite hot button issues of the day and draw them out to their logical conclusion. And That's available right here on the FCB Radio Network. This is Backstage
0: Pass. With Victoria Henley on the FCB Radio Network.
1: Welcome back in, everybody, to Backstage Pass. We are still talking with Brooks Whelan. So, Brooks, you were just talking about, of course, Saturday Night Live and MTV's Ridiculousness, both huge shows that have such a big fan base. And uh, you said a lot of people recognize you from those. Now, I'm going to have to ask you... Uh,
0: Well, I I was was saying that it's it's 50-50. Like, uh, you would think it would be more skewed towards SNL, but, like, it's like somebody's like, hey, I know you, it's either Ridiculousness, one episode, or a full season on SNL, which shows how popular ridiculousness is it's, it's not a dig at snl it's just like ridiculousness is aired all the time and it's really funny and it's actually a great show
1: it is it is and yeah i mean those are again it's, it's crazy that uh you do get so much recognition from that now as far as like recognition goes have you ever had a fan approach you and recognize you from something just really obscure like what's the most obscure thing that you've done uh but let people people still maybe recognize you from it
0: um one time uh there was a sketch i forgot i was in at snl that a girl at a bar came up and she's like were you in the rahat sketch and i was like what is the rahat sketch and uh then she's like it was like drake and Padra." I was like oh yeah it was like a disney studio sketch where i literally just was like all right everybody welcome um welcome you know david and it was like a sketch that didn't do well no one I think it even bombed like I think it ate it like on air it's it's really did not do well but this girl like was obsessed with this weird sketch um (laughs) you know I I had not seen it since the day it happened because I was like ugh and uh then uh I rewatched it she's crazy it's not good. (laughs)
1: there's always that one person though that you you know you never know everybody's got a different taste so speaking of I mean you've done really well of course your comedy special has been hailed by so many critics as being one of the best comedy albums of 2015 if you haven't by the way checked out this is cool right it's really really good stuff so definitely make sure uh that you check that out but Brooks you've talked about certain times uh you know sometimes for every comic right bombs every now and then maybe the audience just isn't feeling it or the timing or mood isn't right how what would you say to any comic out there that looks up to you, but they're just terrified of bombing? Like, what do you do in that situation to talk yourself through that?
0: I mean, I bombed for like one entire year on Saturday Night Live. Like, I ate it for a full year. I had, I got, you know, like big sketches on, which means there's, uh, you know, 18 episodes where I didn't get on. And uh, it sucks, but it like ultimately led me to make. Uh, this is cool, right? The album that I'm really proud of as like a uh, way to remind myself And hopefully people who would only know need to rest and all that I was funny. So I don't know It's just like taking matters into your own hands kind of like uh, It wasn't like I made that album out of spite It was I made it out of like necessity to remind myself that I do like comedy because like a year of being told I wasn't funny was not fun But then to go make that album and have it so well received was uh, was the best thing that could happen
1: that's amazing that's great and yeah I mean it really is it's such is it's an honest truthful album and I think there's you know a lot of humor and just like real experiences so you've also had a comedy central half hour special you know a lot of comedians say the moment they felt like they made it that they had a name for themselves is doing a special on comedy central what was that feeling like for you did you feel like hey this is my moment
0: uh, no, cause it was after SNL and I was mad I had to do a half hour. So, okay. <laughs> so I, I honestly, what I really like about that special is I riffed most of it. I didn't do, I did oh, not a lot of material. I did a lot of, uh, open miking because I was just like trying not to burn material for my next special. Um, and it turned out that that was really great because it stood out as, you know, a, almost too loose for television. Yeah. Uh, but it made it so fun. And, I, and it actually worked out because I just, um, I'd been on, you know, I'd already done late night spots in SNL and, and I felt like uh, I was wrong very much so, but I felt like I was above it. Uh, I was not. Yeah. Uh, but that sort of uh, psychotic confidence um kind of, uh, worked out for what I think is just like a really fun, unique half hour special.
1: I love that term psychotic confidence too. I have to remember that. And yeah.
0: that's, well, I, I don't have it anymore. It was a brief <laughs> period of time where I look back and I'm like, that was a maniac. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, what's your process like when you're, you know, if you're coming up, if you have, say, a gig coming up, a stand-up gig, do you just, is it your style to riff and just come up with things and see where the moment takes you? Do you fill the audience out, or are you a buy-the-script, buy-the-book kind of guy? What does that process of creating look like for you?
0: Um, Well, I I have, like, a loose outline. Like, I go up with 30 minutes of material for for what's supposed to be, like, a 55-minute set, because I want, I really feel like it's important. For me and my style of comedy, to make everyone feel like this show is the only time it's ever been done. this. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I I just really like when somebody's like, I don't think I really feel like he has not done this before, and usually they're right.
1: Yeah, so for I, sure.
0: My the process is just to like I don't do crowd work or anything, but I just kind of see where where things go. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's also a way, if I, I can't just uh, mm-hmm. recite material, because, you know, if I'm in Toledo at the freaking Laugh Stop or whatever, who cares, uh, <laughs> it's actually an improv there, and it's a really nice club. But uh, I have to do eight shows, I can't do the same eight hour, the same hour, eight hour, because then by the final show, I'd be bored as heck. Yeah. So I, I have to keep myself interested, hopefully therefore making the show interesting
1: keeping it fresh yeah of course and I think audiences I mean they're smart they pick up on that they see like what's you know fresh and new and if you're feeling it well Brooks um I am definitely a fan I look forward to seeing uh yes of course and I know so many other people are out there too so what what should we do if we want to okay we want to see your upcoming marathons we want to see your specials (laughs) how do we get connected with you on social media
0: um, I don't know. You just type Brooks Whelan into the internet and it'll probably direct you to wherever you want to go. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot my special when, uh, you know, hopefully what's, what also is going to look like I did this because of quarantine is not true. I was shooting my special outside at a taco stand near my house. Okay. And, uh, it was going to be unique. And now I'm like, when I do get to do it, people are going to be like, oh, he's doing it outside because of coronavirus. And I'd be like, no, I was doing this before. It was cool, uh, with, but uh, now I'm already mad at coronavirus for making me look like I'm following a trend. Right. Not just kill, killing 100,000 Americans and plus countless yeah. people
1: around the world. <laughs> well, uh, you like- heard it here. It, you were social distancing before it was cool. So you, yeah, you were setting the trend.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, no, just uh, listen to my podcast. I, um, Victoria, I'd love to have you on it sometime. And yeah, if you just go look at it, uh, if you like comedy or entertainment, I've got like 140 episodes. There's at least one or two people you'd be interested in listening to. Uh, it's called Entry Level. I guarantee you'll find somebody that you you'd like to hear what they were like before they were famous.
1: Absolutely, and it's such a great podcast. It's a really original uh, concept too. Well, Brooks, thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck in everything that you're doing. Stay safe out there in all of this, and everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Backstage Pass. See you guys. Thank <laughs> you. Bye.
0: The FCB Radio Network. First class broadcasting worldwide.